Our gospel reading is from the Gospel according to Matthew, starting in the sixth chapter. Beware of practicing your piety before others in order to be seen by them, for you have no reward from your Father in heaven. So whenever you give alms, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogue and in the streets, so that they might be praised by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your alms might be done in secret. For your Father, who sees in secret, will reward you. And whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, so that they might be seen by others. But truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But whenever you pray... Go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret, and your father who sees in secret will reward you. And whenever you fast, don't look dismal like those hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces so as to show others that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that your fasting may be seen not by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust consumes and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Um, this week, uh, starting pretty much Monday morning, very first thing, it's just been one of those weeks for me around the office and at home. And I think you probably know the kind of weeks I'm talking about. My to-do list is a mile long, and it seems to be getting longer, not shorter, My session report was two days past due when I turned it in. I forgot to invite a colleague to a phone conference that she was supposed to be on. My dad called me Monday morning to tell me that I personally had blown through our family data limit on the uh, cell phone plan. I have emails that are sitting in my inbox from last week that I haven't even read, let alone responded to. It's just been one of those weeks where it started with a cold and everything just sort of snowballed. And everywhere I turn, I seem to be pressing up against my own limitations. I just don't have more hours in the day. I just am too tired from being sick. And I feel like I'm watching these plates that are spinning and they're falling down and I can't reach out and stop them from crashing on the ground. It's just been one of those weeks for me. And I'm sharing this with you not so that you can feel bad for how overwhelmed I'm feeling, and I'm sharing this with you not so that you can feel righteously indignant about how terrible your pastor has been this week. I'm definitely not on the ball. But I'm sharing with you this with you because I think it's relatable. I think you guys probably understand what it feels like to have a week where you're just feeling overwhelmed, where the weight of your own limitations is right in front of you all the time. And this, um, honestly, probably ranks among my top two or three least favorite feelings in the entire universe. I absolutely hate 
feeling the edge of what I am personally able to accomplish. It feels yucky to be confronted with the fact that I too am mortal and I only have a certain number of hours in a day. And I think we kind of like to pretend otherwise, right? I think this is pretty human, that we like to pretend that we're in control, that we're able to accomplish everything we set out to do. This is not just very uh, human, but it's sort of distinctly American as well. We like to think that we are so independent, and if we say we're going to do it, we have the ability to do so. But there's only 24 hours in every single day, and some of those hours necessarily are going to go to eating and sleeping and using the restroom. And our bodies, though they are wonderfully and thoughtfully made, they're going to let us down from time to time. Illness and age, our height and our strength, our endurance, those are limited factors. Our minds can only juggle so many details before something is going to get forgotten. And even our ability to extend kindness and compassion to people around us We can do that for a while, and we can even stretch that a little bit. But unless you're refilling that, at some point it's going to stretch to the breaking point, and you're just going to snap at someone. It's tempting for us to run around pretending like we have everything under control. We have everything put together. We're doing just fine. But we are going to reach days and weeks where we just bump up against our own limitations, and no motivational pep talk is powerful enough to force us to have more than 24 hours in a day or go beyond the limits of our physical bodies. And so in the midst of feeling pretty angry and frustrated and overwhelmed by my own incompetence and ability to just power through this week, I was sort of struck by the fact that this week is also the beginning of Lent. It's Ash Wednesday. And at first that hit me in my list of details prepare the ashes, write a sermon, get some orders of worship done, make sure things are taken care of. But then I stopped for a second and I took a breath and I remembered, oh, Ash Wednesday. This is a particularly appropriate holy day for me to be personally feeling this way because Ash Wednesday, as a part of our faith, as a part of our Christian tradition, is the time when we physically mark ourselves to enter into the season of Lent, a season of fasting, a season that really focuses on our own limitations, our own mortality. It's this time when we look to Jesus, when he walked into the desert for 40 days of fasting to experience the limits of his own human body. And with him, we sort of turn our feet and our eyes toward the wilderness, preparing for a season ahead. Ash Wednesday itself, as a practice, goes back Uh, at least a thousand years. Somewhere around the year 1000 is the first written record we have of people dumping ashes on their head at church, which you can all be thankful we no longer dump ashes on our heads. It's just a nice, polite little mark on your forehead. But the idea of entering into an intentional season of fasting goes back all the way to Jesus, and it actually extends thousands of years before him into the Jewish tradition before And on Ash Wednesday, we are, as a community of Christians, invited to intentionally think about ourselves and our humanity. It's this day, today, Ash Wednesday, when we are supposed to reflect on the frailty of our own minds, of our own intentions and will, of our compassion, the limitations of our physical selves, our mortality, 
when we are marked with the sign of the ashes and we hear those words, remember that you are dust and to the dust you will return. On one hand, there's something really beautiful about those words. I love this reminder that we come from the earth, that we are people created from the dirt, that God breathed life into that dust to create humans. But there's also sort of this stark reminder in those words that our bodies are limited, that they are going to age, they're going to break down, they will fail us, and that ultimately every single one of us will die, that our bodies will go back to being the dust of the earth once again. Ash Wednesday is this day when we have this opportunity before us to state publicly, to actually wear an outward sign on our face of our own limitations, that we are merely human, that we come from the dust and we expect to return to the dust again. But I think the real beauty of Ash Wednesday in that is that we are invited to claim those limitations And then we are invited to walk with Christ into the wilderness for the 40 days ahead. That we are invited to turn toward the desert and to enter 40 days of fasting, to sort of literally feel the hot sand as it burns our feet. This season isn't about sort of seeing our own limitations, our own frailty for the sake of seeing it and then dwelling in our own misery and depression and horrible humanness. It's about seeing who we are, and then seeing even more so the fact that God chooses again and again to take people with all of their foibles, with all of their sinfulness, and to work through us and beyond us to do great things in this world. I think we need to experience the hot, dry, desiccating wilderness desert with Jesus to experience some of the reality of our own physical selves in order that the river of God's grace would be that much more compelling and refreshing when we come to it. It will be all the more welcome when we know our own limitations, when we come to experience God's grace. This grace that we are human, and yet God chooses us anyway. That we are flawed, and we are sinful, and yet Jesus still loves us. That our feet, when they touch hot sand, they're going to burn. That if we fast for 40 days, our stomachs are going to growl. I guarantee that Jesus, when he was out in that desert fasting for 40 days, was probably losing his mind quite literally by the end of it. He was a human. He had a physical body just like us. But after his 40 days of fasting, God shows up with angels in tow, and they pick up Jesus, and they start feeding him. They give him bread to eat, and the waters come. And it makes me wonder, isn't God going to do the same for us as well? Now, Ash Wednesday isn't a night particularly for a cheerful word, but it is a night for experiencing some profound hope that is a part of this message. That on this holy day, we are invited to confess our own limitations, our own mistakes, our own failings, our frailty. To say that publicly, to wear it on our face for people to see. But that to experience the hope that in the this loss that we are professing, this limitation, that next to us is Jesus. That together with Christ, we are turning toward the season ahead. And that Jesus is calling us to walk with him into the fast. He's pointing toward the cross at the end. But then I think the hope is that Jesus is telling us not to stop right there, but to look just a little further over the hill 
to see behind the cross that there's an empty tomb and a pile of folded linens and that we are not going to be left alone in the desert or left alone at the foot of the cross in some dark and scary, difficult moment. That's not where we're called to end up. That we are called to look just a little bit further to remember the mercy and the compassion of God and to give thanks for this hopefulness that we carry ourselves in frail and limited bodies, but that we are loved by the very creator of the universe who is going to work with us and through us and beyond our own limitations. So as we are marked tonight with the sign of penitence, the sign of our own limits, let us also give thanks to the God who once again chooses to come to us in compassion and mercy to work through us for the goodness of this world. Thanks be to God. Amen.